this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm 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 pretty amped right now. Um, what are you amped about, Mike? Uh, you know, I was talking to a friend today, and uh, he was giving me some shit about some trophies and stuff, and you know, and I said, uh, you remind me again uh, when uh, what time Arsenal plays tomorrow? <laughs> Yeah, and he said he's he can't wait for the inevitable or uh, inevitable Tottenham bottle job. And I said, oh, like those last six games last season. And uh, and uh, he shut right up. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> shut right up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm pretty amped. Uh, I, I I'm really really excited. I had this this uh, this afternoon. I got out of work a little early. Got to come home, do some work on the cornhole boards that I'm building uh, for a friend and. Uh, and I uh, got to listen to some Champions League football. Uh, I put the Galazzo show on, on the uh, old Bluetooth spooker, uh, speaker. <laughs> spooker. Spooky. Um, and, uh, and, and just went to town on those cornhole boards and uh, got, to, got to hear Shakhtar uh, pull it off. Not even pull it off. They, they won convincingly 4-1 to one today, which, which is kind of nice. Um, and, and, you know, they, they deserve it for having to play in Germany because their country is war torn, you know? So uh, I, I applaud them. Uh, uh, Chelsea lost, which was wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, so everything's great. Um, just in a wonderful weekend, went to a wedding, went to my cousin's wedding and uh, beautiful wedding on the Charles river. Uh, on a Charles River boat cruise. Oh, really? Yeah. The, we- pretty- the wedding was on the boat. Yeah, wedding was on the boat. Nice, nice. It was pretty awesome. Unfortunately, it was you know on a Monday, on Labor Day, but that's 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 perfectly fine. You know, we uh, had to drive home last night, so I couldn't you know in- really indulge the way I normally would at a wedding. You know, no crazy dancing or anything. Don't want to fall off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, otherwise, uh, I'm I'm pretty fucking stoked for uh, for tomorrow. Very um, good. Yeah. So um, with that, can I can I read a can I read a short poem before we what? Send over to our <laughs> what dude, is this, dude? What, what, what? Yeah. What are we doing here? Um, it's it's it it's a poem from uh, the 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 great uh, contemporary poet uh, Frankie Valley. Can I read a short poem? Uh, sure, it Mike. Goes, it goes, oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night. You play on Thursday because you're fucking shite. What a feeling. What a night. There you go. I don't remember Frankie Valley saying that. Yeah, no, it was him. I think it's, I think is it, is that the Frankie Valley of like the Spurs, Spurs song sheet or whatever that, whatever um, that, uh, no, that's Frankie that Valley. Oh, it's just Frankie Valley. Okay. In the four seasons. Yeah. He's, four a big, seasons. he's a big Spurs supporter. It's good um, to know. Yeah. All right. Well, think this has been poetry hour with, with Mike, everyone. So, uh, well, now we're definitely going to put our friends in the Czech Republic to sleep. Isn't that right, Steve? I'm halfway there. Steve, how are you, man? You went to the, you went to the Renaissance fair this weekend. Did you not? I did New York Renaissance fair. Um, tell us stories, we went- man. We want to hear. Oh, you know, it was uh, it was a good trip. Um, it's a little difficult because Isaac's still young enough where he needs a midday nap. So you kind of get to the point where you're starting to butt up against, you know, do we just push it to stay a little longer and, you know, make the most out of it? Or do we just accept that we need to leave now so that he can fall asleep because he's kind of being an asshole? Um, but no, he was, I mean, honestly, he was good. Um for the trip he was uh really into all the activities the jousting the glass blower he he really liked uh we didn't get to see as much as 
maybe I wanted to, um, but no, he was super into it the entire time. Just, you know, like wide eyed, pure joy, you know? Um, so it was really cool to see. And, uh, you know, we also went to the, the Bronx zoo over the weekend as well. Uh, and they had this cool, like dinosaur safari thing that they have, um, with like these massive animatronic dinosaurs, um, that you could just like walk down this trail and every once in a while, some will start moving at you and making noise. And, uh, he was loving it. I mean, this kid was like the happiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, just pure joy. Um, which of course, you know, as a parent, it makes you feel good that your kids are, you know, just loving whatever it is that you're doing and that they're so into it. Um, again, it was another, all right, you know, one, two o'clock's coming around. This kid's exhausted. Like we just got to go. We got to, we got to get out of here, but, uh, great weekends. He was incredible. Um, so well-behaved, no tantrums, no crying, no complaining. He was just eating it up one day at a time. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun as a result. Mike, why do I get the feeling if we ask Steve's wife about the trip to the fair, like everything he just said about his son is actually about him, that he's telling us the story of Steve. <laughs> uh, Need, needs a midday nap. It's 103%. And I know this because uh, I'm old enough to where I need a midnight nap. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, 103% about Steve. I, I love that he just took us in a trip back in time. He just kept on going further back in time. It's true. It's true. No, the crazy thing though, is like both of these events, both of these places we went, like there are things that I did as a kid. Like my parents would bring me to the Renaissance fair when it was going on. They would bring me to the zoo a couple times a year. And, you know, it was just rewarding to be able to do that with my own kid um, and just see that experience from the other side. Um, so super cool. Great weekend all around. Um, yeah, and there was some sort of a, a soccer game, I think, uh, might have happened. What? You know. Where? When? Call it, you know, maybe Saturday. Um, oh. Tiny little team in London. Right, 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 right. Well, that, why, don't we, uh, why don't we talk about that, gentlemen? Fulham How is a tiny like, team. Fulham is a tiny team, that's right. <laughs> but they do have Carlos Vinicius. <laughs> that's true. He was just as effective there as he was at Tottenham. He was, although the, uh, he, the uh, I saw some cool video of him with Sonny after the match. Uh, they, they were uh, enjoying some time spent together. So that was nice, at least. Hey, Steve, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you got to see of the match and what you thought about the match on Saturday? Well, I got to see mostly highlights, considering, uh, you know, at that point, I was way back in, uh, what, 1600s or you know whatever it was so you know no no tottenham then but uh, the last time spurs won a trophy oh i i expect that from from some of these shit rival fans it's, it's but, what i've been fucking dealing with all day i'm very sorry you can go go ahead uh no but from from what i gathered from um you know some of the extended highlights and some of the commentary um the professional commentary, not the keyboard analysts of uh, Twitter and Reddit. Um, it seems like it could have easily been just an absolute route from Spurs. Like it, it just, from what I gathered, there was shot after shot that, you know, maybe on another day, maybe a little uh, gust of wind blows in, a, in the opposite direction. It's, it's hitting this net. It's, um, racking up the score could have been what three, four, nothing at one point. Um, but the thing that, that is most uh, impressive to me is, is the bounce back, right? Like we've talked about just what a miserable experience that West hand draw was and how it should have been so much better, um, and frankly, when I saw the the lineup and saw well, shit, Sun's still out there. Like he pulled Decky over Sun despite the performances. Like what the fuck's going through Conte's mind? Like I was positive he was off his rocker, but I, you know, I think this is one of those games, one of those situations where you just gotta trust Conte that he knows what he's doing because whatever the fuck he put out there worked. Um, 
you know, I I'm super happy to see Hoyberg on the score sheet again with some tidy play in a, in a congested area dude really needs to get more credit from certain fans. Uh, he's a workhorse. He, he gives it his all. Um, and he's so well-spoken too. Like I, I was watching his, his post-match interview. I don't know if you saw that. He, yeah, that was a good one. Sounds, yeah. He sounds like an established manager, like somebody who has been, you know, managing a top level team for years, not, you know, a 27 year old guy who's, you know, not even captain of his own squad. Um, but regardless, you know, we, we uh, it wouldn't be a Spurs game without, you know, a little anxiety at the end there, giving something away. Uh, Lord, uh, Hugo, I think, more than made up for, um, you know, his awful West Ham game with some incredible fingertip saves to keep some deflections from uh, creeping their way in. I... You know, I just, I, I got to give that apology to Conte. You know, I was starting to maybe question his tactics, question his decisions, but he seems to know what he's doing. I'm, I'm, I, I am curious though, what he puts out tomorrow uh, against Marseille because that, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that more later, but we got a couple of tough games coming up. That's the first short break. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I can, make a call as to, you know, who's starting, who's getting benched, what kind of, uh, you know, a, a game plan he's got going on. But if, if this Fulham game shows us anything, I think it's that you just got to shut up and trust Conte, you know, it doesn't always work, but when it does, it's, it's like a big sigh of relief. Like it's just so much better than what we've had in managers past. Mike response thoughts yeah i mean the entire the entire game from uh from lineups to uh final whistle for me uh was fantastic uh conte uh is you know he's a creature of habit he's a creature of um of consistency and and he's uh an organization uh so um, I was I was surprised I was surprised, but not really giving uh, the looking at the looking at the um, lineups, given the fact that we have so many games coming up and there's a lot of uh, congestion happening. And um, I didn't expect him to change much. I did expect him to change Son out for Richie. Um, uh, I kind of welcomed. Uh, I, I welcome Longley back there. Um, I actually didn't even think that he would risk putting um, uh, the man back out there, Romero, you know. Um, but, you know, everybody who's in there was, was for a purpose. You know, um, this is what we've been looking for. This is what we uh, sign all those guys for, for rotation, right? Um, we have plenty of players in you know in midfield that we can rotate through um but this game really showed us how different the tactics are and how di or how different the tactics work when you have a midfield pairing of Hoiberg and Bentenker I mean thank god he came back that dude is like man He's like a silky pudding, isn't he? Just, <laughs> you know, my I, that might be an episode title. I, I'm just, just writing that one down. Silky pudding. I, 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 you know, you know, you get that nice, that nice chocolate pudding. You know, <laughs> that that snack pack. And you snack like, pack. So <laughs> and then when you, then when you have it, and it's and it's 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 delicious, and and it's um, it's 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 everything that you thought it was going to be and could be, you know, you missed it the week before because, you know, your mom forgot to go grocery shopping, but you got the, you got the pudding this time. You got the chocolate snack pack and that is Benker. <laughs> the guy, the guy is so calm on the ball. Uh, his passing is fantastic. Uh, he gets back and fills those, uh, those sp spaces uh, on defense that, you know, when your wing, when the wing backs are pushing up, 
I, I just really enjoy watching him play. And, um, and it's just, just a calmness about him that, that makes, that makes everything in that midfield work. It allows Hoiberg to get, to get forward. Like he did. Um, I thought Sessegnon had a really, really good game uh, to the point of getting to the net and, and, you know, the final product. Um, I think he's fast. He's, he's bigger than he was, you know, last year. So he's able to, to impose his will on players now. Um, Dude is super fast. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, that really helps. I think that helps Sonny uh, the most. Um, I, I, th- I, I think that the, the Parasitch pairing with Sonny on that side is just, I don't think it's, it's blossomed into a relationship yet. And, and I think Sonny's comfortable with, uh, I think Sonny's comfortable with, with Sessegnon. Um Harry Kane didn't really need to do much. Um, what he did do um, was facilitate, like he has been. Um, I think that Richarlison made all the difference uh, up, up front. Um, and honestly, like, I don't think we had, we didn't have to have Decky in there. We didn't need to have um, somebody of his, of his quality out there. Um, this type of game was good to get Sun back on the front foot. And he really did Sun Sun. He had, he's still getting those bad breaks, but he's had, you know, he had a lot of joy and he had, a, he had shots. I mean, we had 10 shots on goal, 20, 20 something shots in the game, something ridiculous like that. Um, so you don't necessarily need Decky in there, you know, for that. Um, Romero, you know, he got a lot of flack for, uh, you know, tracking back uh, a little slowly on that, on that play. Uh, but Mitrovic dude, like, Holy shit, man. What a shot. You know, what are you going to do that? The, the, the other thing is that people like didn't understand is that like, or they don't want to understand is that, that Romero just came off an injury. He hasn't played in a few, in a few weeks. Right. So it's not like he's going to be at full fit form, especially that late into a game. Like the dude was gassed and he was, he made, he, he made a big run forward and then had to turn around and make a big run back. And he, he actually kind of got there. He just, ran out of gas and got overrun, you know, guy put the ball on his right foot and shot nothing. He could have done about that. You know, I mean, that was going to happen. No, as soon as he, as soon as he got the ball, you knew that was coming. Right. Um, yeah. 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 He just didn't just, have the, he just didn't have the nitro left, you know? Yeah. But, but prior to that, he'd been, he'd been stymied. He'd been shut down the entire game. So oh, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was, yeah, that was a, that was a good thing. I got to oh, tell yeah. you guys, I had he's a smart, he's just a smart player. No question. And like you said, you wondered if he'd be back out there, but man, he makes a difference when he is out there. Um, and him with long lay on the other side, like it, it that felt like that back three felt um, incredibly, incredibly solid. I, I got to tell you I guys, think, I think long is going to take that spot. He may, which is fine. I mean, Dave Davies is a, is a, he's, he's good as a starter, but he's great. He's great filling in too. Luckily, you know? Man. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, I had a cool experience. Um, so I, you guys know, I, I put a television on my deck, which is a, a, a silly luxury, but Hey, uh, the, the deck has a, a roof over it. So it's a, it's a space I can hang out and not destroy a TV. So the way the time of the game, which was, was 10 AM here, sun was in the perfect spot. Like I was able to watch the game on, on the deck and it was in absolute heaven. It was a beautiful morning, made it even cooler. My wife actually hung out with me for the entire time watching the game and was asking questions. Like I, I, we spent a lot of time talking about offside and what it is and is not Um, started talking about, you know, defensive approaches and, and, and uh, strategy for, for what to do, you know, on different, different parts of the field. It was a, I'm sorry, parts of the pitch. It was a, uh, it was a fun and productive, uh, fun and productive experience. And, And you talk about that Mitrovic goal, like, that was one of those scenarios where I, she was even at the point where like when he got that ball, she's like, Oh, something's going to happen. It's like, Oh yeah. She, she's starting to see this develop. It's a good thing. So working on it, man, working on it. Might, yeah. might have, <laughs> might have another full-time supporter coming on board with any luck. I gotta, I gotta ask you, what did you, what did you think of long lay? Like knowing what you knew, know of his past, um, his, his 
is not not his recent past, but his his former past. When you know the reason Barca, you know, uh, I you know heavily favored him in the past, and to where he was not favored at all and was even loaned out to to Spurs. I mean, you know, what did you think of what you saw, knowing the man that you think you knew? versus what he showed us at Barca the last couple of years, which was basically nothing. Like, you know that he can make those long passes. You know, you know that he's that he's cool on the ball, unlike, you know, maybe Davis or Sanchez who gets who get flustered when they're pressed and Sanchez more so than Davis for sure, right? Yeah, I, I mean if if you look at that West Ham game, he Davis had Bowen like all over him constantly like mm-hmm. I, I, he you know he didn't get a lot of the ball so i i, I think that I, I just think that long lay is going to end up taking that spot just because of how how good he is on the ball and how how he um another one of these guys is a facilitator who, who allows you to play out from the back the way conte wants to do it steve what do you think on mike's uh mike's question about what long lay was may have been what you thought he was what he what he is I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that I was any kind of an expert on him, um, but my philosophy with his transfer has and remains to be, if it's somebody Conte wanted, then there's obviously a reason for it. He obviously fits a need uh, within Conte's system, and it's like the rest of the uh, new signings. It's only a matter of time before they really bet into the team and can sh- show what kind of return we can expect for them. Um, you know, this is a, a isolated incident, um, you know, one game so far that he's gotten out for us. Uh, I'd like to see more before really making any kind of a, a decision on, on how I feel about him. But as long as Conte's happy with the performance and, and what he's getting out of the guy, then, you know, I, I'm all on board the hype train for him. You know, I think uh, we've probably got a, a pretty good deal, certainly uh, at, at the bare minimum, it offers up um, an opportunity for Davies to rest a bit because there was a steep drop off from left center back Davies to left center back Sanchez when we had to put up with that. So happy to have him. We'll see if he's able to do any better for us uh, over more games or, you know, if he's already hit a ceiling, we'll see. Only time will tell. There you go, Mike. And you know why I defer that to Steve? I, I just, I have never paid attention to, to teams outside of England because I feel like I barely can keep up with Premier League. And so anytime there's, anytime there's transfer rumors of, about guys outside of England, you know, like you just watched, I watch Twitter, I watch the internet go wild about this guy or that guy. And oftentimes it's, it's because, you know, somebody's mysterious because they play in another league, but I, I often have very little uh, knowledge and I'm too lazy to go do like the YouTube deep dive and try to try to check out, you know, some, some video and get a sense on someone before they're coming in. But yeah. you, you, you research that stuff. Like I know I, I I'll see guys that we're talking about signing and you'll be like, Hey, this guy's got something going on. I checked him out. So kudos to you. Yeah, Barca Barca is like Barca was also like my La Liga team. Like, you know, it's, it's similar to, um, it's similar, similar to somebody who would, you know, pick up like a Man U, you know, um, just because Messi was there and I liked watching Messi play and, um, my son just loves Messi. Um, but you know, I mean, that's, that's why I, I knew a little bit about him. Uh, one of my good buddies, Nathan is a, is a big fan of Barca. So, um, you know, I get a little bit, I get a little bit of that from him too. So, um, and also watching world football through you know, my DraftKings league too is also, is also a thing. Um, you're, you're motivated to follow it for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, but like getting back to England, um, I get it. I do have a question for you uh, before we, before we move on. Um, and, you know, while I were not necessarily, you know, moving at the pace we normally do, you know, slow kind of leisurely pace. Um, I am kind of, <laughs> mostly through my bush light here delicious delicious after work beer um i think i'm going to open another one but um 
I was just actually wondering, Dave. Um, hey, Dave, uh, what you drinking? I love Ooh. it when you ask me that, Mike. I, 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 no, you you ask me I know that. you do. That yeah. felt nice. Thanks. Thanks, man. That was that was a really nice, nice intro. Nice segue. And excuse you... me while I tune this out for the next, uh, you know, however long. <laughs> we'll go about 15 minutes on this segment, gentlemen. So buckle up. We're going to we're going to be here for a while. No. Um, <laughs> hey, so I, I, I've got to ask you guys a question as we get into this. First of all, for our listeners, this is a special treat because Mike is allowing me to review the beer. Now, why is Mike allowing me to review the beer? Mike, why don't you tell our listeners why I get to review neck oil tonight? Because uh, Stephen and I were selfish pricks, and uh, we drank ours. Indeed, they couldn't wait. They couldn't hold I, on. We couldn't I, do this together. I For our did friend this. that sent us these Beavertown beers. I just want you to know who had the respectful ability to 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 wait his turn. And I did. And- I did do uh, on the extra inch Discord. I did. For the rest of the X subs, I did do a uh, an actual video review of the. You beer. did a video review of. I of- did. Of neck oil, of neck oil, yeah, oh, wonderful. And wonderful. I even and I even named a song. So <laughs> wonderful. All right, a lot of pressure, man. I'm up against it. All right, so here's here's what I want to. I'm going to start by asking you guys a question. Um, because when I look at the Beavertown site, so here's their description: Neck oil is our down to earth beer. The light and zingy taste of Neck Oil Session IPA is the perfect place to start your craft beer journey. So I wanted to ask you the question, what do you recall what beer started your craft beer journey? Not your beer journey, but like when did you start to get into a little bit more of the special beers? Steve, you got you have any recall of that? That's a good question. Um I would have to say it was probably something from Burlington Beer Company. If I had to guess, I'd say um something in there you can't get there from here series um i remember you know when they first opened up and they started doing that one that that was like the first time i was really excited to go and try different iterations of something um you know prior to that it had just been you know whatever i felt like at any given time but that for me was probably the first time i actually felt like i wanted to try different ones and and really get into it fair that's a good one mike how about you um well dave uh the year was 1996 i was not yeah i was not yet 21 um but i was running a rental shop uh, uh for killington um and after work a bunch a bunch of the um I worked at Ramshead Lodge and a bunch of us would go to Long Trail Brewery, which was which was in the Bridgewater, Bridgewater Mill yep. at the time. It wasn't yep. at the big site where they are now. Um, so we would go there and it was just like a little tiny bar. And we would go there and we'd just pick up beers and they would come and like if you wanted to take some out, they came in bottles and six packs that had just the brown, it was like a brown cardboard carrier. And uh they called it, they had a beer called, it was called Brown Bag Ale. And it was just a straight up plain ale. But um, they did have Long Trail. But um, we would go there because they get cheap beers, right? But they had a, a beer called Blackberry Wheat, mm-hmm. um, which at the time was made with blackberries that grew along the river, the White River um, that they harvested. Um and years later that that kind of went out went out the window because it was cheaper just to buy extract um but that beer is kind of what got me into craft beer that maybe a little bit of the magic hat number nine but um yeah my story is basically going to long trail brewing uh back in those days and then they came out with pollinator uh which today isn't the same pollinator it was uh, that pollinator was the original pollinator was made with honey was a honey ale, but they're, you know, I, I always loved long trails beers. They're different than they used to be, but back in the day, back in those days, um, because I would go there, we, we got our name on a list and you could actually go there. You were in the book, you would get discounted beers. <laughs> I wasn't even 21 yet. So we would go on, uh, you know, go to fish shows and stuff and you bring blackberry wheat. And at the time, 
somebody saw Long Trail Blackberry. We, you could sell that for a lot of money at a show. <laughs> Very nice. We were selling, yeah, we were selling, selling for five dollars a beer. So it was the heady topper of its time, for sure. For yeah, sure, back in the nineties. So that was yeah, Blackberry wheat was I think the one. That's good. They had an IPA, but it was fucking terrible. I know that one. I know it well. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, there's there's kind of multiple answers, um, many of which you'll be familiar with. I I remember when Sam Adams was kind of presented as being like this unique and special thing. So it kind of made you go, oh, what's up with that being a slightly different beer? Um, in the Vermont context, my two earliest ones were Magic Hat number nine, like you said, Mike, and uh, Otter Creek Copper Ale. Um, I used to have a lot of in the. In also the early, a favorite, the original yeah. Copper Ale, yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, being back where I'm from, um, there's a brewery in Northwest Indiana called Three Floyds. And uh, one of their early big ones that they still make was was and is called Gumball Head. And that was that was one of the beers that I when I whenever I drive through that area, you could stop at their their brew pub and, and pick up literal cases as many as you wanted. There'd be times I'd pick up five or six cases of, of bottles of, of that particular beer. So that was fun. But today we are reviewing neck oil and so uh this comes in a can that is a tiny little cute fella i, I think we've talked about the uh, the number of milliliters in this but it, it's it's a little fella 4.3 percent alcohol by volume apparently um don't let me know how i'm doing mike the the can pop was was pleasant and and delightful i'm pouring into the the classic uh little tiny beaver town pint glass also sent to us by a good friend that provided us these things and uh, my poor, what do you got, Steve? Well, I'm, I, I just, you know, love what you're doing right now, Dave. Um, you know, keep up the good work. I just, you know, I, I think I would be remiss to, to ignore the facts that it's not erotic enough to be a proper craft beer review. So I really think you ought to sex it up a bit. All right. I'll do my best here for you, buddy. Without <laughs> trying not to sound too creepy. Um, at the moment, I am looking at a slightly cloudy um pull this back so you guys can see it it's lighter in color i would say mike you know this i would i would put this in the in the miller light color variation uh not quite as light as the coors light that you did last last week but uh but still manageable the head there's there's a one finger uh slight biscuit head on the top of this good god what is that sexy enough for you steve i knew he was gonna fucking say that And it appears to be holding. The head is holding up. Um, this this beer is retaining its its form, and until I start digging into it, it's it's going to continue. So, gentlemen, here we go. Talk amongst yourselves. I really love this uh, strawberry lemonade sour from Smutty Nose. This shit's delicious. Uh, Smutty Nose, the uh, redheaded stepchild of Portsmouth breweries. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening to Dave? <laughs> Dave lost power at his house. Dude, he drank that beer and teleported into another dimension. He's in the fucking <laughs> upside down now. <laughs> hey, can you guys hear me in my back? Yes. Wow, that was something else. <laughs> so my dog, who uh, is my my office mate here, um, just managed to unplug the lamp from the wall and <laughs> maybe turn my computer off temporarily. So sorry about that little intrusion. That was interesting. Yeah. All right, back to this beer. Let's get a little bit more light on the on the scene so this is um it's a very smooth little ale i would say um i would say it's they call it a session i would say it's definitely sessionable it's definitely drinkable you could probably crush five or six of these and and not feel like you were getting bitten too hard by nasty nasty hoppy taste that was was too large um no real lacing per se it kind of retains a, a little soapy sudsy lingering but then it then it disappears i feel like this would be that could have to do with the clean, cleanliness of your glass too shut up man i take care good care of my my glasses <laughs> that's what i'm saying your glass is clean you got <laughs> oh, nothing to stick to on the sides fair all right I'll, I'll accept that then um i think i think this would be slightly better if it were a little bit colder but i know that's a matter of of preference um might have been sitting out a little bit too long i would i'm going to rate this at considering 
that a 3.0 is bang average. All right. Let's just establish that. This is not Mikey's great inflation like we normally have where <laughs> where upper threes is is the yeah. Um, by the way, the one finger biscuit head is gone now. It's it's disappeared. You guys can can see that. It's it's yeah, it's, it's in your mustache. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mustache to you, sir. Mustache. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this. By the way, strong aftertaste. Uh, strong aftertaste lingering on the tongue. I don't know if there's a way to to calibrate that per se, but lingering more than perhaps other other beers that i can think of that are kind of in the session vibe like this i'm gonna rate this a 3.4 oh what do we have you had it steve yep 3.4 well done yeah it is it's it's definitely above average it's definitely enjoyable um feels like a, a session ale um i wouldn't I wouldn't fly to England to pick up more, uh, although I'm incredibly grateful to our to our friend that did send it to us. Um, I think the can art is spectacular. Uh, all their stuff is 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 just pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, the can is tiny, fits fits into my meaty meaty hands without any problem. That was more sexiness for you there, Steve. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. That's all I wanted. A song. Meaty hands um, is sexiness. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you sure that's 4.3, Dave? <laughs> I, I am. I'm confident. A song. I'm going to go with a song. This beer could be more, but it's just fine. Um, and so with that, I'm going to say another song that, remind, that reminds me of that, that could be more, but it's just fine. Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. Um, all right gonna gonna go with that as the song had so much more potential but it it worked it it did what it was supposed to do and so i was satisfied with it so yeah that's my review so mike here's my question you did a video review yeah how 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 did i compare how did i do um i i think you did well i mean compared to mine I, i i don't need i don't think there needs to be comparisons i mean i'm not I'm not going to judge your taste versus mine, but that said, I will judge Lone Freighter, <laughs> that fucking prick. Did he um, review this? <laughs> no, he did not. Lone, Fre- oh, okay. Lone Freighter has not uh, had these beers. Um, he thinks he's a world traveler, but he's not. Um, so anyway, uh, I rated it at a 3.8. Yeah, um, on the mic scale, I can see that. It's not. A, that's not an inflation. I, I actually believe that to be true. Uh, it sits at about a 3.8. If if you're saying that a 3.0 is bang average, um, but it's not because you say a 2.5 is bang average. Um, so if we're on the Mikey scale, 3.0 is bang average, then 3.8 is an accurate representation of this beer. I felt that it was light. It was fizzy. It had, that, it had all the characteristics of a session IPA. Um, which, you know, which is drinkability, mm-hmm. which is smooth on the tongue and smooth yep. on the palate. Yep. And I like, and I like that, that kind of bitter hoppy aftertaste. I like Yeah, that. it's there. Yeah, it's there. I guess I would it's say. Not you don't... That, it's not like, it, it's not supposed to be citrusy and big and juicy. Yeah, it's like, not that. that. And it, it's not the big heaviness of like big beers. You know what I mean? But right. maybe, maybe it's just unexpected. I didn't expect with I, the initial honestly... smoothness that it would linger the way it did. Yeah, I honestly like. Uh, I, I I could drink a lot of those, and my song was uh, also a hair band. Yeah, a uh, little little heavier and more dangerous of a hair band than Def Leppard. Um, <laughs> a more dangerous hair band is that? Are you just said those words? Yeah, more dangerous in the fact that it was Motley Crue. Yeah, they're fucking. They were dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Only to themselves. <laughs> And anyone and anyone within their bubble, um, because <laughs> uh, they were renowned party animals. But um, I I, I uh, chose Kickstart My Heart. There you go. Because just like when that song comes on the radio, it just makes me drive faster and faster. You know, whenever that song comes on my radio when I'm in my car, I just drive faster and faster for some reason. And I don't know if it's the tempo of the song or just the song itself and the, and the lyrics. Um, but I feel like if I drank one of those 
at a Spurs match or in and around that area watching a game, I could probably find myself into seven or eight or nine of those. Yes. I would just keep drinking faster and faster. I agree. And and then, and then you'd start causing trouble that I, I can feel that. Absolutely. That, that is the kind of beer this is, which that's not, no, that's when I would go find some gin probably, and then cause trouble. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. Hey, that's been, Hey Dave, what you drinking? And I appreciate the opportunity to to do the uh, first one. It'll probably never happen again. I'll probably be banished after this. What is that, Mike? Hop transplant by who? Hop, hop transplant by this new brewery in uh, in uh, I don't know if it's new, but it's called Hopothecary Ales, and yeah, it was a nice little restaurant and brewery that we went to. They had one good beer that I that I tasted out of the flight. Uh, actually, two. They had an English strong ale on nitro, which is very nice. Um, but um, they had an ESB that was very good. This beer is an IPA, but. I'm not going to review it. I just, I just wanted to show you the can. It's pretty cool. Mike, you may do a better job than anyone I know of um, finding and getting to go to places that serve various craft beers. So I'd like to know how, how did you convince your wife and kids that, that that's where most outside family meals need to happen? My wife and I, uh, for a time, um, summers we would just go to we would take the kids and drop them off at the grandparents house and we would spend our weekends at a time going to breweries and then started finding that we didn't have to go to a brewery and have you know a whole shitload of beers and get hammered you could go from brewery to brewery and just have a a taster of this or a taster of that right so that turned into well if we're just going to do that, you know, go to a place and have one beer, it might as well be a restaurant. Fair. Right? So you can find all of these breweries have food now. And most have restaurants attached to them. So now you can have, now you can have a flight with your meal and you get to taste a whole bunch of different beers and it's fun. And most of these places have really good food. So, and, and it becomes more of like family restaurants and you always see, always see kids there you know and you, you don't need to go drink and get bombed if you if you like beer you can go and drink and have some drinks and taste the beers and bring those beers home with you kudos actually, to you it's actually cheaper to do that well done with making it happen man that's good that's fantastic and by the way this is better the more i have of it so i i want to i want to suggest that if i was doing a late rating i might actually bring it up a couple points might go three six on a late rating I went, I went higher after I drank more of it. And Did you really? My video review, yeah. That's very yeah. interesting. I, think, I actually think I started off at 3.8 and went to 3.9. We are, we're, we're in sync there, Big Mikey. Well done. Yep. yep. All right. Hey, uh, again. Hey, Dave, what you drinking? Neck oil. Thanks to our, our buddy that sent it to us uh, overseas. Much appreciated. Steve, let's talk about what's next. Uh, what's on your mind? Looking ahead to tomorrow, looking ahead to the weekend. You usually have some crazy bat shit stuff going on by the way the bats are out of the house gentlemen oh uh, good just want to let you know they're fully full, gone full, fully remediated and uh yeah we're very pleased Did they take the doors out already uh no they're coming middle of the week to take the uh the one-way door out but yeah you know, okay basically yeah. they're out they're out within two or three days and the good news is we only have like five or six males for anybody listening to this that, that this is just boring you or it's way were they actually up in your in, in the, the, the guys went up into your attic yeah Yep, they were up in the oh, So you weren't fully you weren't fully inundated with bats. There weren't like 100 bats. No, them. apparently females, female uh, groups, you get the hundreds. Males are kind of like these rogue characters that just hang out in like a group of five to ten usually. So if you get males, you're lucky. We had males. Mm. Mm. How's that for nasty, huh? You know. Disgusting. Steve, what do you got? Well, Dave, um, I don't know how I follow up the uh, bat story. Really? But... <clears throat> this is like a it's like an NPR show all of a sudden, right? Yeah, I you know I I was just thinking about how our favorite, incredibly naturally talented Spurs player out on loan continues to do the absolute worst job at impressing a fan base to potentially get a move for playing time 
And I am, of, of course, referring to our favorite, favorite midfielder, Tangi Ndombele, who seems to be uh, the most hated man in Naples right now. Is he really? I haven't followed that at all. What's going on? Uh, I, from, from what I've gathered in my you know, time looking around the uh, deep recesses of the internet, um, you know, Reddit, Twitter, you know, those shady places. Um, yeah, it, it just seems like he's, he, you know, he started off, he got that great goal, you know, early on in his, his playing time there. He did that uh, with us too, right? First game, he had a goal, I want to say for us. Yep. But more recently, uh, his lack of doing literally anything on the field uh, cost them a goal. Uh, it seems like the fans now stop me if you've heard this before are upset about his lack of work rate or effort uh, shown in and around the field, uh, the pitch, if you will. Um, and, you know, it's just got me thinking um, this guy has had to have put some kind of curse on Spurs to get this move. Like I just, it, it baffles me how he managed to pull that off on such a lucrative contract. Um, And he keeps getting these, these loan moves away. I mean, I don't understand how any professional team looks at a, a player like that and thinks, you know what? I've got a shot at that. The only explanation I can think of is, is he's got some kind of like, witchcraft going on to to continuously get these sort of moves you know the team that we bought him from and loaned him back to eventually they didn't want to buy him you know i highly doubt napoli's gonna want to buy him nobody wants this guy we don't want this guy how the hell did we even sign this guy it doesn't make sense to me unless witchcraft is involved unless he has taken out some kind of pact with the devil to force this move to get this lengthy contract, this lucrative deal, and then he can just fuck off to where wherever he wants in Europe and just enjoy himself. I mean, I'd love to be paid what he's paid to fuck around in Naples for, you know, God knows how many months, um, you know, before they finally send him back. If if they do buy him. I, I'll be 100% convinced that that there's some shady dealings going on there. You know, I saw a quote um, that Napoli's uh, director, I think it was, was talking about how he loves Tangi and how, you know, he tried to get him for so long. I, you know, if it's not witchcraft, this dude's on some serious fucking drugs. I mean, he must be high as a fucking kite to think, you know, Tangi and Davile, that's a player I want on my team. You know, I... We live in Vermont, right? There are certain parts of the state that are very liberal, especially when it comes to recreational drug use, right? I don't think I've ever seen anybody get quite so high as to consider Tegan Dombele a sound investment. So (laughs) I've got to eliminate drugs as a potential crux for this particular venture. The only thing left that makes sense is witchcraft. That's that's all there is to it. He has done some kind of ridiculous bullshit satanic magic to get himself into Spurs and to keep getting these crazy loan moves where he can actually pretend to do something for a few months before coming back and collecting his paycheck. It doesn't make sense to me unless you frame it that way. And if, unless somebody's got some other idea as to how Tangi Ndamele continues to exist as a professional footballer that doesn't include witchcraft, I, you know, I'm all ears, but I don't think you're going to convince me. It's the only legitimate answer to this pe- this paradoxical problem we have of Tangi Ndamele. Um, Steve, I'm glad you've... you've uh... You've come back a little bit off the ledge from where you were last week, but but you're you're still ever so ever so slightly out there. I gotta admit, I can't. How how long do we have him signed for? Is it twenty seven, or am I dreaming that? Is that way too long? Did we sign him to a five year deal when we signed him in twenty nineteen? Does that sound right to you guys? 
was it five or was it six? So a five-year deal will be 24 or 25, right? So yeah, I guess, I guess the question, Steve, not to minimize your, uh, your witchcraft allegations, which may have some merit to them, but the question is just like, when do we quit trying? Like, when do we just suck up the loss and realize this dude is, is not going to be successful anywhere. And he's just an albatross. Just, just take the hit on a horrible signing from a horrible summer. Um, what do we have? 2025. Left? We have one, 2025. We have one guy left from that summer. We signed Jack Clark that summer. We signed Sess. We signed LaCelso and Ndombele. We have one guy left with the club um, from a terrible, terrible summer. Mike, what do you think on all that? Satan, witchcraft. All right, Mike agrees. <sighs> I just, you know, he's like, if if this guy... You know what? No, you know what, Steve? What you've just described is actually the real... Uh, you know what you know what Naples has? The best pizza. It, this is the real Pizzagate. This is Pizzagate. The real Pizzagate. I would actually, like to subscribe to this. Well, actually, let's 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 reframe this conversation though. Maybe Tangi Ndombele is the actual smartest man in the world, right? Like if if you if you talked about a person who managed to get himself paid incredible amounts more than he has demonstrated his worth and then get himself sent to places like France places like Italy to continue to ply his craft and continue to be paid absolutely above what he's worth without any harm to him whatsoever he may be the smartest man in the world Dave, I'm going to stop you there. It's clear you haven't worked in private sector long enough. There are a number of people in these elevated positions of power making stupid money who have absolutely no right to be in those positions. I've worked with some of the dumbest people at these, with these VP titles that think they're hot shit who you know, are the classic you know, boomer can't open a fucking PDF without getting tech support involved. I I just I just don't think that's the situation. I don't think he's smart. I think he's just another one of these people who is failing forward. And at some point, you know, we as a society need to stop allowing this to happen. Get these schmucks out of these positions of power. Take away their fucking lucrative deals, their contracts, their salaries, and give it to people who actually Put the fucking work into it. Put the effort in. You know, I would rather his salary go to some, uh, you know, one of the youth academy guys. Get, you know, Alfie Devine just signed a new contract. I'd rather he make tangy money because he's I at thought, least fucking trying. I thought you were going to go full Tucker Carlson on us right there. <laughs> Steve, was, you sound like a union organizer to me, to be honest. Oh, shit. That's, that's fucked up, Dave. <laughs> Mike, Mike, uh, bring us home because unfortunately Steve and I both have a hard stop in just a bit. So um, talk to us. Talk to us about what you're thinking across the next few days and we're going to wrap the Next it. few days. All right. I'm fucking amped. Amped about tomorrow. Amped. He's fired up. He's so oh, fired I'm up. Fired. He's wearing his he's wearing his Hamburg kit tonight, too. He's he's jacked. Hamburg my, kit my with, favorite, with, my with favorite Spurs hat. My favorite Bundesliga 2 team, Hamburg. <laughs> yes. Um. So, no, I'm I am amped about about tomorrow i'm so excited about this finally tottenham has come back to the champions league as the rock would say um so this is gonna be uh tottenham hotspur stadium is gonna be fucking rocking um marseille is uh going to be a tough tough team to play they play very similarly to uh the way spurs play uh, they play a back three. Um, they play a little bit, a little bit more open than we do. They like to play the ball through their wing backs. They pass. Um, they pass incredibly well through the middle, though. Um, but they do like to build up from the back. They press really, really high, which which might be an issue for Spurs. Um, but I don't think uh, that they're going to ha- have the fitness to stay with Spurs the entire game, just given the fact that they're basically Arsenal's fucking B team from three years ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they really are. I, I really think that they'll give us fits at their home, but I think that Spurs, Spurs win this game um, 
And I think that the reason that they do is because of um, players like like Decky and players like uh, Harry Kane, and uh, and I think that I think that Roddy Benker is gonna gonna give them fits uh, in the defensive midfield too. I think that. You're talking about uh, Silky Pudding. Is that who you're Silky talking pudding. about? Silky, Silky Pudding. Silky Pudding. <laughs> Roddy Bentonker, Silky Pudding. Um, <laughs> I, I I just think Spurs are going to have too much for them on, on the fitness level end of it. Um, and I think that will outlast them. Um, they're not going to be an easy team to play. Um, but Spurs Spurs will win this one two to one. I like I like the call, Steve. What going, do you think? Go, uh, wait a minute, I'm wait, not wait, done. Oh, I'm sorry, just trying to manage time here, bro. Trying I know you're managing time, time but I, I got I. Steve went on and on about Satan. I have to. I have to. <laughs> I have to get my. I have to get my words in before we leave. Uh, then we play. Then we play uh, Man City. Man City. Uh, I know that apparently. Listen to the game today. That Erling Holland has a middle name that everybody loves to call him. I don't. I didn't know. I just call him Holland. Um, by the time that we get to the game, they'll have uploaded the new firmware into his brain, um, and For real. and Skynet will be online. I think Spurs uh, probably and uh, will 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 have their first loss of the season. I hope not. I think that their style plays into Spurs' hands, but I think they might outlast us. You know, we we always give them trouble, right? So we can we can hope for that. But we always do. Man, they're always Holland. like crazy low scoring affairs, right? Yeah. Um, but Holland is a machine, man. The only thing that's gonna stop that guy is water, because like then his circuit then his circuit boards will like fry, and he won't be able to operate because he is a freaking machine. He's a cyborg. He absolutely is. He doesn't yeah. even look like a normal real human being. He's he not a, like a normal human. real human being. He's he's a machine. Yeah. He's really damn good too. Really. He's good. been he's been built to to destroy soccer leagues he's 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 like the world eater you know <laughs> like a mike's just villain. mike's just coming up with uh with episode titles tonight see what are you thinking about buddy i know you got a roll so uh, make, make it quick I'll, I'll keep it short for you dave um and this might just be the pessimist in me I'm expecting us to lose twice and then have to deal with all these fucking people coming out of the woodwork, calling for Conte's head, saying the squad's not good enough and sky sky's falling. falling. Yeah, yep. Chicken little bit. Exactly. Yep. I'm not, if we do lose twice, I'm not that concerned about it. I think we'll at least get, I think a draw on tomorrow is probably an okay result. Win obviously would be incredible and, and probably where we're going. Um, but I wouldn't be upset if we lost. I won't be upset if we lose uh, to city this weekend. I will be upset when I have to deal with all these fucking fans who, you know, just can't take, uh, such disappointment so quickly. Spurs are going to bounce back regardless of what happens this week, regardless of what happens at any point in the season, Conte is going to steer us in the right direction. We'll be fine. If you're listening to this before any of these games, I'm going to stress that again. We will be fine. Yep. Win, draw, lose. It's okay. Yep. I'm going to go, go a step further. Steve, I would be content with two draws across the next two games. Be totally content with that. Have no beef with that. Anything better, I'm happy. Um, including one win and one loss. Doesn't matter which one it is. Um, also, I'm going to go out on a limb and guarantee the two of you that we finish fifth or above at the end of the year. And I'd say there's a really freaking good chance uh, that we, we land third or fourth. Just going to throw out the guarantee. Now you could say the 6th of September. Yeah. Mike's panicking like all the other fans out there on the Twitterverse. No, but I'm just throwing it out there for you so that you're aware. Here's, here's the deal, Dave. I, I, I'm, I was just shaking my head at you because I'm going to tell you right now that I'm guaranteeing that we're going to finish in the top four. Okay. See, you're one up guaranteeing and I'm guaranteeing that, I'm not going to guarantee, but I'm I'm going to say the way it's shaping up right now, the way that this this club is coming along. I know that we got on them a couple a couple of weeks ago about the West Ham shit, and those are tough fixtures. Um, they always bring their best against us, them and Chelsea. Yep. Look, dude, um, we have a shot at second place this year, absolutely. But I'm I'm guaranteeing third or fourth place. I, I'm with now you. What? I'm with you. I'll I'm do you one better. I'm going to guarantee a top twenty finish. 
Way to, way to go, Steve. That's our boy. Yeah, there we that's go. Your, that's your bet, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we will certainly finish the season in the Premier League in some capacity. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, no time for closing thoughts tonight. No time for any other shenanigans. So, Steve. Don't be an asshole. Mike. Quiz, 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 quiz. And be safe, everyone. <laughs>